And we've got on the phone lines in, here in the studio at KOOP 91.7 FM, co-op Hornsby Austin. I uh, have a wonderful wine and food writer. He used to be a chef in New York, Alan Tardy. He just came out with his book, Champagne Uncorked, The House of Krug and the Timeless Allure of the World's Most Celebrated Drink. Alan, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, so you came out with this book uh, really not too long ago, this year, 2016, right? Yeah, it was, uh, just came out a few months ago, this, this past spring. Excellent. And, um, and it took a long time to, to, to create, obviously. Right. Can you tell us basically the, the overall theme of the book and then a little bit of the history of its inception? Sure. Well, I, um, I took a visit to Champagne, I think it was uh, 2010, 2010 or 11, I believe. And I was really um, taken with the area and particularly um, blown away and intrigued by the classic uh, Champenois activity of creating a, a cuvee, a blend of different grapes from different areas and even different vintages. Right. Which, you know, I knew about intellectually, but when I actually sort of experienced that firsthand and, and saw where it came from, I really wanted to explore that further. Right, and so, so you almost um, you needed the long format of a book to really kind of explain the complexities of it. Well, you know, um, it's it's a process. It's a, very, it's a very it's a very prolonged, complicated process. And in order to really, first of all, in order to really delve into it deeply mm-hmm. and then explain it, yeah, it, it really required a book to do that. Yeah. So um, I actually uh reached out to Krug because they were the perfect house as a as a case in point to explore what I wanted to do right. and uh, we we talked you know that that in itself was a process we talked back and forth for uh well over a year about about what, you know what I what I wanted to do and um were they wary about, for. you know, Krug is notoriously known for being very secretive, so, you know, for you to kind of really cover them as a journalist in a way, uh, was, was that a real concern of theirs? Well, I think um, uh, most every champagne producer is a little bit secretive. Right. And right. perhaps Krug in particular had, has long had a, um, a reputation for being particularly guarded as far as you know what actually goes into their to their wine, their their, their kind of uh, chief wine, the the Grand Cuvée. But about their their methods in the past, they were kind of closed door about that. But um, so yes, I think they were very curious about about what what I was looking to do. But they were open to it too. And really, what I was asking from them from was a lot. Mm-hmm. I wanted open access to the entire process of their winemaking. And all their personnel and everything that went into it—that's that's asking a lot from any wine producer. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many people did you interact with throughout the course of the book? Uh, you know, from head winemaker down to, you know, barrel washer. Right. <laughs> well, um, gosh, I would if I had to stop and count them all up, I would have to say hundreds, but probably yeah. in the high hundreds. If you if you're, you're talking about all the farmers I encountered and right. Uh, but um, I spent, but you know, of course, I spent most of my time with the chef Takav, which was fascinating. This is a person that really uh, is the one driving on a daily basis the entire machine of uh. Uh, of Krug, but of any Champagne house. It's really the chef Takav that 
is in charge of the cellars, but that also means <clears throat> sourcing the grapes and the wines that they use, that they bring into the house, the winemaking methods, interpreting the house style. Um, and in many cases, the house style has been interpreted for generations, for yeah. centuries. So that's a big responsibility to take on. So I spent a lot of time with the Shiftikov, uh, a lot of time with the, the rest of the, the tasting panel at Krug, which was a fascinating experience. A deep look into the the creation, the making of a classic champagne. So they could almost say, they almost have to make certain sacrifices in some ways to maintain that house style. Um, Is that when, so so that's what the Grand Cuvée is all about. The Crew Grand Cuvée is maintaining that house style, right? And can they play around a little bit more with the vintage champagnes or... Well, you know, um, I think I think that they don't um, they're not really that concerned with necessarily maintaining the style. Um, that's what they do. That's just what they do. It's a, there's a continuity there that has been going on since the founding of the house in 1843. Yeah. Um, the, the the process evolves a little bit over time, as it must, because because wine is a living, evolving thing. Right. Um, they. Uh, the, the style each year, the, the, the wine itself, the Grand Cuvée, the, the actual blend of the Grand Cuvée is a little bit different, but stylistically, it's always the same because they're always going after the same fundamental things. Right. Um, and they, their, their process has been, has been very um, similar over the, the 170 years that the house has been in existence, but it's also changed and evolved like everything else. Yeah. Um, there's a huge difference between the Grand Cuvée, which is their their real benchmark wine. That is what their the house identity is really tied up in, which is a blend of different grape varieties from different places in Champagne and many different reserve wines from different vintages that are held in the cellar. There's a difference between those, that, that wine and a wine like a vintage wine, and where all of the grapes come from one particular vintage. And there, it's not even so much about having more room to play in fact, it's more of a limitation because there um, it, it it tells the wine has to tell the story of a particular vintage. Otherwise, right. they won't make a vintage wine if there's no real story to tell. Right, right. Well, um, you know, we're going to delve a lot more into this next week when we um, have you actually live in the co-op studios here in Austin. Uh, I want to start talking a little bit about uh, your dinner because um, we have you on the line here and you're coming to Austin next week because of a uh, a champagne dinner and a book reading and featuring uh, a lot of the wines that you encountered in the book um, paired with uh, Chef Troy Knapp's uh, a really innovative menu, and that's going to be December 6th uh, at 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m. at the Driscoll. So um, this is pairing uh, wine, food, and excerpts from books. Is that kind of a a normal thing? uh, (laughs) Um, Unfortunately unfortunately not. But I have to tell you, I am really psyched about coming to Austin and especially to the Driscoll for this dinner. I I think it, I know it's going to be great. Um, The Certainly, the food and that that um, the choice put together, the menu is it sounds fantastic. The, yeah. the wines, the, the lineup that you put together has been is really incredible. That is like the essence of Krug in one evening with five incredible wines that really showcase different aspects of what the house does. Right. And I hope that um, I mean, 
I'm I'm totally looking forward to being there. I'm hope I hope that the, that the book lives up to the rest of those, those <laughs> other two uh, those other two aspects of it, the food and the wine. Well, I you, know it will be fantastic. You know, you do such an amazing job of weaving in the history seamlessly throughout the book, and uh, weaving in the stories of particular farmers, uh, the day to day tasks of the winemaking team. Uh, it's really one of the best uh, wine books that I've actually read in in quite some time. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you, Mark. That's quite a compliment, especially coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, folks that out there might be um, hesitant almost to have uh, the concept of an entire dinner featured around champagne. Um, you know, but, you know, to me, it makes very a, a lot of sense, <laughs> but because the styles can vary. But can you can you kind of talk about maybe um, it, it's not an odd thing to have champagne up against a kind of really hearty meat dish? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I mean, wine and food pairing is a very um, interesting and complex subject on the one hand. On the other hand, it's very simple. Um, a, good, a good wine and food m- match is one where the wine and the food taste better than, together than they would on their own. Right. That's, that's really easy, like anything else, any, right. other, any other marriage or pairing. And, um, and these wines, even though they're all champagne and they're all from the same house, each one of them is extremely different and showcases different aspects of right. the, the, the very complex, multifaceted world that is champagne. So I don't think that <laughs> there'll be much um, real redundancy. There'll be a, a similarity of style, but many different interpretations of that. Um, as I recall, we'll be tasting two different vintage Yes, uh, wines, which is a fantastic opportunity to see, to, to get a, a first-hand understanding of what vintage means in Champagne, because Krug doesn't make a vintage Champagne every year. They only make it when they feel that the year has a particular compelling story to tell, right. which they want to capture in the wine. And so we'll have an opportunity to taste two vintage wines, from the same producer, that's great, because then you really zero in on the differences of particular growing year. Right, right. In 2002 and 2003, uh, even though they were, they were successive vintages, they were, they were completely different one from the other. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, a wine that is stylistically similar, but two completely different expressions of that, because the two growing years are very different. Right, right. Uh, and then we'll taste other types of wines, like the, like the Grand Cuvée, which is a blend of different grape varieties from different vintages. And up to uh, 15 years cases. old, you say, right? Exactly. In the book, yeah. I mean, oftentimes 12 or 15 different vintages and um, close to 200 different wines. Right, different plots different. and wow. Right, which is in three different grape varieties, which is completely, uh, entirely different, different approach. And this is really the essence of champagne, because that's how it all began. There was a time when all champagne was a blended wine. Right, right. And this is the essence of Krug also. But then we'll also taste something else completely different, which is a single, uh, a wine that comes from grapes grown in one single, very small vineyard. Yes. It's enclosed within a wall. So it's called a clos or a close. So that's that's another incredible opportunity to taste. Uh, another uh, here, here we have com- compared to the Grand Cuvée, which is three different grape varieties, two, more than 200 different wines from many, many different locations within the area. 
10, 15 different vintages. Here we're tasting a wine from one very small particular place, one grape variety, and one year. Right. So it's a completely different wine. Once again, it's Krug, so we'll have the same style and the same basic approach, but a very, very different wine. Right. And each of these wines will be matched with a different dish selected by by Chef Troy to really match the, the, the particular qualities of these phenomenal wines. Yeah. So I think there'll, there'll be a, a tremendous experience, a great opportunity to taste different exceptional wines um, side by side with, with great dishes yeah. to go with them. Well, I, I think and it's... And interspersed with, with, with readings from this book that will hopefully give people a better understanding and appreciation of, of, of the world of Champagne. Yeah. Um, so Alan Tardy is a wine and food writer. He just came out with his book, Champagne Uncorked, and it will be featured at a dinner at the Driscoll with Troy Knapp, executive chef, pairing uh, the, the wine and the food. Um, uh, Alan, we, we have to get going, but uh, you know, in today's day and age, uh, you know, we're always trying to get closer to the experience, right? I mean, we're trying to hear sounds, and we're trying to um, t- have tastes from around the world, and you know, technology is getting better and better at bringing us to that. Um, and I can think of no better um, way than having, you know, incredible food and these wines and then your words that, that can bring us right to the Champagne region. So uh, congratulations on everything. And uh, we look forward to having you here in Austin. Thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being there and um, looking forward to a great evening. Wonderful. Of, of wine, food and conversation. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark.